0: Would you pray with me? Lord, the thought of your spirit being present among us, it's, it's such an alien thought in our culture. We are a materialist culture. We think materialism is what life is all about. And yet, Lord, really, at the end of the day, it's all about relationship. Life is all about relationship with you, God, and with one another. To love you with all our heart and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That is what makes life worth living. And So today, Lord, we welcome your spirit here. Lord, may we open our hearts to receive a fresh anointing of your spirit and the fruit of it. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, and gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control. Today, Lord, we are grateful for the gift of your word, Jesus Christ. who became flesh and dwelt among us. Teach us, Lord, about the language of God today. Your language that you spoke to us in him. And to that end, I pray that you would pour upon me the gift of preaching, that my very frail and broken and human words might for the power of your Holy Spirit become your living word, uniquely crafted for each and every one of our hearts. We pray it with great confidence, for we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. For you dog lovers out there, I told you I was going to talk about that today. It's amazing, isn't it, to witness their desire to communicate with us, to know us, enough to learn our language this is our daughter, Brenton's new puppy, Frankie. He's a mixed breed that Amy and I found along the side of the road near our place near Camp Wood with six of his siblings. By the way, they are all now placed in homes. Is that amazing? Thank God. Frankie is eight months old and wants nothing more than to know us and to make us happy. Um, besides, um, in just a few months that we've had him, Besides his name, Frankie has also learned the words sit, lay, drop it, <laughs> snack, come, no, outside, and get busy. Now, get busy means, well, get busy. <laughs> I believe he has the capacity to learn many more names, and he has really gotten some of these words down he is so good at get busy one day he went out into our backyard and we have a fire pit in the backyard an outdoor one it has a cover on it and he loves to get up on it and I was talking to my son Craig and I said now Craig when he goes outside you need to say get busy and so Craig without looking said get busy and Frankie just knelt right on top of my fire pit and got busy (laughs) I couldn't get mad at him I mean all he did was obey what was said right The dog with the largest known vocabulary is a dog named Chaser, who, for those of you who know dogs, not surprisingly, is a border collie, most intelligent dog out there, who lives in Spartanburg, South Carolina. She knows, get this, 1,022 nouns. Amazing, right? The capacity that some dogs, most dogs, have to learn language. Now, the cat lovers I know tell me That cats also understand everything you're saying. They just choose not to listen. (laughs) In sharing our language with our pets, it allows us to come to know one another. To have access to each other's thoughts. And to connect in a way that would never be possible without language. Of course, this is also true for humans. What would life be like without language? Think about it. What if all we had were hand gestures and nonverbal sounds? Now, that doesn't mean we couldn't communicate, but it's limited, right? Think of someone you love and know more than anyone else. What would your relationship be like without verbal or nonverbal language? Without the ability to communicate your likes, your wants, your desires, your needs. Without the ability to say, I love you. When we consider the alternative, language is a great gift from God, isn't it? Thinking about something to be grateful for today, right? Be grateful to God for the gift of language. I love this. I was looking up a definition of language, and I found this one in the Century Dictionary from 1897. It's it's a much better definition than current definitions. I feel like uh, current dictionaries are so afraid that our attention span can't handle more than like eight words. They just sink it down right to next to nothing and some of you may glaze over before this is finished but it's a great definition of language the whole body of uttered signs employed and understood by a given community as expressions of its thoughts the aggregate of words and of methods of their combination into sentences used in a community for communication and record and for carrying on the process Of thought. Not only is language essential for human to human relationships, it's also crucial in our relationship with our Creator. Since time immemorial, humans have longed to know where we come from. Who was it or who is it that created us? We've yearned to know, to be able to communicate with our Creator. And the scriptures make clear that such longings go both ways... ...and therefore how important language is to God. From the very beginning of beginnings in Genesis 1... ...it states that the very first action God took... ...in creating the heavens and earth was to speak. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now I want you to think about this. In this statement... It's saying that language pre-existed creation. Language pre-existed creation. The writer of Psalm 33 proclaims, The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. We also heard last week Joven share about the importance of language in her sermon on Abraham's offering of Isaac. We learned how important it is to God to communicate with his people. She shared with us the Hebrew word, hineni. Am I saying that right, Jevin? Close. Um, she shared with us this word that means, Behold, here I am. And how not only did Abraham say that in response to God's challenge regarding Isaac, but in providing the ram for the sacrifice, God was saying, Behold, here I am, to Abraham. Communication. Language, right, between our creator and us. And so, when in chapter 64 of Isaiah, Isaiah captures a universal human spiritual desire when he calls out to God, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down to make your name known. Eventually, God talks back. For in answer, God tears open the heavens and sends his greatest message of all, Jesus, into the world. As we heard Brian read earlier, the Gospel of John begins, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were created through this Word. So I even wonder, right, when God said, spoke, let there be light, if he's speaking Jesus in that moment. Because this is the word who was with God, and all things were created through this word. And then a few verses later, he states, this word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God's language becoming flesh. Just like when we learn from creation account, the creation account, the same is true here. When God speaks, powerful things happen for the most powerful and impacting message ever spoken by God was the Word, Jesus Christ. Dale Bruner, in his commentary on the Gospel of John, writes this. The single most practical description of the meaning of John's Word, in my experience, came from a thoughtful woman in an adult Sunday school class at First Pres Church in New Haven, Connecticut, who said in the discussion, I think... The way a human being's audible words relate to his or her inaudible thoughts, which we very much want to know, is the way that the divine human Jesus relates to the invisible God whom we very much want to know. Isn't that beautiful? That's what Jesus accomplished, right, in verbalizing, making known this God who is invisible Take a moment to think about how incredible it is that our creator, whom Paul describes in 1 Timothy as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in inapproachable light. This God would send the word Jesus into the world to communicate his most intimate thoughts with us. And this word Jesus is not spoken to one particular tribe After having his own chosen people, Israel, for thousands of years, God is now going worldwide with his word and message. As Revelation states, And I saw another angel flying through the sky carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. And what are God's inaudible thoughts that we come to know from this word that he came to share with the whole world? That God so loves literally the cosmos, that's the word in Greek, that he spoke to us. He sent a saving word that transcends human language to every tribe and nation on earth. And what is the message? What are God's deepest thoughts about us? Well, here are a few. John 1, 16 and 17 says, For from Jesus, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And later in John 3, 17, We see God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved or redeemed through him. This is what it means for God to be love, as it says in 1 John. God is love. And God's expression of love, right, this innermost thoughts that he had about love for us, for you, for me, was the coming of Jesus and not only him sending Jesus to us to preach to us, to teach us, to show us what life's all about, but more that he was willing to give up his very life to take care of all the sin, all the brokenness, all the things that separate us from God, the darkness that Miss Kelly was talking about with the children this morning, all of that that separate us, he was willing to pay the penalty for, to take care of it as any loving parent would. That's all part of the message that he sent to us. And the practical implications in our daily lives are here, but do we experience them? Do you really think about it? Do you allow this message of God, the language of God, the word of God, do you allow it to have real impact on your daily life? I mean, coming on Sundays is awesome, and it's helpful. And anyone who practices worship regularly knows that it is recentering. It helps us ground ourselves to remember that we're sinners, to ask for forgiveness, to receive God's grace, to know there is someone that knows us fully and loves us fully, all those things. But when we walk out the door and we live our daily lives are the implications of this message from God to us affecting us. First, at the highest levels of reality, God's word, Jesus, redeems us, like we're talking about. He saves us from our sin. The parts of us that lead us into darkness rather than light. The parts of us that separate us from being in relationship with our maker. Does that impact you during the week? Second, the arrival of God's word, Jesus, is a word that is more powerful than the most powerful word in the human language. Which is death. Death has now been conquered, and we don't have to fear that word anymore because of the word. Third, regarding the day today, God's word to us in Jesus is grace upon grace. He is there when we find ourselves in our deepest failure or our darkest betrayal. He is where we go to to find true absolution from our sins when there is no one else who might forgive us. In his word is where we find the strength to show grace to others, to forgive someone who has sinned against us, where we find the courage to forgive a betrayer or to love an enemy. The message of God which can now reside in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, is so integral to living the life we feel called to live. Any time that I don't think about it, and I forget, and it's regular that I do this every time I'm in traffic, um, when I forget, the parts of me that shine are not good. Generally, they're not good. They're selfish, they're arrogant, they're prideful, they're resentful, they're disappointed in whatever the other person is doing. When I want to live the life that God calls me to live, it is a life lived in connection with God throughout the day. That the Word of God can have the impact on my life and create the kind of humility in me that will allow God's Spirit to help me be the person that I have the potential to be in Christ as his disciple. And when we look around the world today, we see it. Don't we Don't we see the world in need of this? I mean, there's plenty of prideful, arrogant, resentful people, don't you think? I mean, don't you think there's enough of those out there? Why don't we quit adding to that? <laughs> Wouldn't it be refreshing to have a person that was quick to forgive... Quick to ask forgiveness. Quick to love even an enemy. Quick to show compassion. That would change the world, wouldn't it? And that's the kingdom of God. I mean, that's the point of it all. Is God saves us so that we can be those people to the world. All this is possible because God determined to speak our language in Jesus Christ. And so as we live our everyday lives, whether it's with our pets or our loved one or with God, may we take time today to be grateful for and thank God for the gift of language. It empowers us to express our deepest thoughts and feelings to one another, to cause someone to laugh or to comfort a friend in grief. What would life be like if we couldn't express such things to one another. And more, what would life for Christians be like without God's word of grace to us in Jesus Christ? What would life be like? These are questions worth pondering on a regular basis that we may not forget and neglect these good gifts of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us.